you are listening to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this podcast is all about being neurodivergent in a really neurotypical world. I am a married mom of three, or well, I'm trying to stay married, and I also work, or well, I try to work. Well, anyway, if you don't mind me using you as therapy, strap on your seatbelts, hold on tight, because it's probably going to be a bumpy ride. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It is episode seven already. I cannot believe it. I keep saying that. So maybe I should stop saying that. Anyway, real quick, I wanted to read the latest review that I got. It is from Millennial Mother, and they said, such an amazing podcast. Laura is authentic and genuine as she shares her journey, and it feels like I'm sitting with a good friend. I'm hooked. Looking forward to more content from this amazing creator. Wow, thank you, Millennial Mother. I appreciate that review so much. And I appreciate that review because as an autistic person, even before I knew I was autistic, I always felt like I didn't quite connect like I should to other people. And to hear you say that just is really warm and comforting. And it gives me that little bit of drive to continue this podcast because I just really appreciate it and it it means a lot. So thank you. And if you have a review to leave, please leave it. I would really appreciate it. If you're enjoying the podcast, let me know. And if you have any constructive criticism, feel free to email me. My email is laurastan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N at iCloud.com or follow me on Instagram, laurastan. It's at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Stan, Z-D-A-N, and send me a PM there or follow me and see the content I create on there, mostly memes, but there's a lot of other stuff on there. And thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of your week and also happy Halloween. Welcome to episode seven of Not Neurotypical, a neurodivergent podcast. There are so many things that I want to discuss lately, but today might feel a little more like a rant, but I guess that's not too outside of the norm here, is it? (laughs) Um, First of all, no updates on my exciting news that you heard last episode, but it's still in the works, so stay tuned. I am still super excited and working nonstop, but more on that next time. Second of all, I want to share some things that have been going on lately on a personal level that I've noticed, and I want to shed some light on a couple things. And I've been seeing it lately, not only with myself, but with other people on my Instagram. So my Instagram, I just want to be really clear. I made it as an escape from reality almost. I made it as a way to fully accept autism for myself. I didn't really have an outlet, and honestly, I made this podcast for the same reason. I mean, I made it because I needed an outlet to share this stuff and to get it out, and um, if you didn't know, autistic people tend to overshare, and I made a whole podcast just to overshare with all of you, and um, 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I created the Instagram because I needed an outlet. I wasn't out yet. I'm still not fully out. It's something that I, like I said, last podcast in episode six, I am going to be working on it and I feel like it's coming soon. I'm just not quite there yet. And The Instagram is the same deal. Like I made it as an outlet to start getting comfortable, to start getting things out there, a place where I can just be myself and it's not integrated with my daily life. So literally the only person I know in real life on my Instagram is my amazing husband and he's fully accepting and he has been there for me every step of my late diagnosis and I am very lucky. Most late diagnosed people do not have even one person that is extremely close to them that is supportive. I don't even know if that's true, but that's what I've heard. It seems like that's what you hear a lot about. Maybe no news is good news kind of thing where you only hear more about the negative things, but a lot of people don't even have that support. And Even with that major support that I had, I still felt lost and confused and um, I had to create these outlets to, to deal with this stuff and process it. And the major thing I want to talk about right now is that ableism goes both ways. And what do I mean by that? We've all heard the autism moms share that quote with us, um, talking about how high-functioning autistics, quote, can never understand what our lives are like. And that might be a little true. Is that true? In some of their cases, there might be a reason why that might be true. To understand any of us, and by us I mean autistic people, including your own child if you have one, You have to have a basic knowledge of what autism really is. You have to have this basic knowledge, and I'm going to lay it out for you. I want to explain a simple concept that most people don't seem to get. And as it stands now, at least with the DSM here in the U.S., you have autism spectrum disorder, quote, with or without an intellectual disability. There are quite a few wordings or variants of the words that doctors are free to use, but that's the gist of it. On top of a diagnosis of autism, like with or without an intellectual disability, the average autistic person that's diagnosed has four comorbid conditions. Four. The average is four for diagnosed autistic people. And I totally get that because I personally am diagnosed ASD and ADHD, and I believe there's more to my story, but not really in a way that's going to help me now. I probably needed more help in school. I mean, I definitely did. Anyway, and my son, he is diagnosed ASD, ADHD, DCD, which is Developmental Coordination Disorder, also known as dyspraxia, and BECTS, which is a focal or mild form of epilepsy. And he is lucky lucky enough to grow out of that when he is in his mid-teens. But anyway, there's four right there. And my daughter is diagnosed autism spectrum disorder, mixed receptive expressive language disorder, 
a developmental delay, and possibly ADHD. That's something that we need to observe because she's still a little young for that diagnosis. And the three of us do not have autism with an intellectual disability. All three of our IQs are different. We have different abilities and different special interests. And listen, if you hear one thing, I want to explain that autism is autism. Autism is not a developmental delay. Autism does not define an individual's cognitive disabilities. The diagnosis does not tell you what someone will be like. Autism can be comorbid with a developmental delay, or certain kinds of autism in the past signified a developmental delay. That is no longer the case. There is just autism spectrum disorder now. And autism does not guarantee high or low intelligence. In fact, autism has nothing to do with intelligence. And this is exactly why, all of this is exactly why, functioning labels or support levels like one to three just don't make sense. Because the supports people seem to get are more tied into their comorbid conditions. And this is also why autism moms who fail to see autism, how the autism community sees autism, have a fatal flaw. Those who have a child with an autism diagnosis, as well as an intellectual disability, seem to view autism through an intellectual disability lens. And that is just not autism. And until we separate the two and separate autism from comorbid conditions, we are going to continue to have a divide. No wonder we are not on the same page, right? I mean, that was the first thing I noticed when I came into this autism world is that everyone has their own view of what autism is. And the autistic community generally has a similar view of what autism is. And I would fight to the death to say that it's a little more of a real and genuine picture of what autism really is. Duh. And then there's autism moms who are not all bad. And there's quite a few autistic autism moms like myself. And there's quite a few neurotypical autism moms who listen to autistic voices, and when they have a question, they ask an autistic person, and Lord bless them, that's a beautiful thing. And then there's another group of autism moms who have a very different and personal view of what autism is, and it's not the same view that autistic people have. And why is that? Why do the people with autism have a different view? or autistic people, I should say. Why do autistic people have a different view of what autism is than autism moms who have autistic children? And I would gather it's because they're seeing autism from the wrong lens. That's my guess. But I think everyone sees it a little differently. Continuing on that... Let's move on. This is getting heavy and deep. You guys okay out there? Are you breathing? Take a few deep breaths. Let's keep going. All right. I recently had a young man reach out to me and he looked at my Instagram page, possibly my stories on there. 
and he private messaged me and he said, can I ask you something? What did you do to be normal? And at first I had no idea how to respond. I have to say, uh, this was the first time, absolutely the first time I've ever encountered someone asking me this. I have been told everything else under the sun on the other end of a comment like that, but never anything like that. But normal, wow, okay. Uh, And then, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh my God, am I still masking? (laughs) You know, like it sent me in this huge tailspin of like inner voice struggles. But anyway, I decided to respond gently. Uh, I wanted to laugh and I did out loud, but I didn't want to be rude or make any presumptions on him. And I assumed it was a genuine question and I responded that way. And I said, Well, I am not normal at all, and I never have been, but I've accepted myself for who I really am just now at 35, and I think you should too, because normal people are actually pretty boring and annoying. (laughs) No offense, any normies out there listening. And then I did a little smiley face just to kind of cut it, you know, cut the tension there, and he responded, no, I really need advice with this. It's for a girl. And then I was kind of like, okay, uh, well, I responded, sorry, I'm not normal and I can't really speak to that, but I found someone who accepted and loved me for who I am, autistic and all, and you should only want that as well. And that's really like the most genuine advice I could give any autistic person and any person on the planet, right? Find someone who appreciates you for who you really are. And... I was not prepared for the response I got. It was a complete conversation ender. And he said, well, you're a girl. It's different. Boom. And my dear friend on Instagram, she posted a gorgeous pic of her and her daughter, both beautiful. And she shared about how a close person in her life has fully accepted her. And another autistic person commented, no offense, but any man would love you because you look like that. Ouch. Sadly, I could give a lot more of examples like these two, and it's happening weekly at this point in my Instagram. As my following grows, I'm getting messages like this, um, negative messages, and I get them from autism moms. And yes, I get them from other autistic people, and I see them on other autistic people's pages from autism moms and from other autistic people. And these are autistic people who don't like my message or my friend's messages. These are autistic people that don't like the way I look. I really don't want to put autistic people on full blast here. It kind of makes me sick, honestly, doing this. Um, I hate having to talk about this. But what is going on? What is this? What does this look like? What is happening? I don't know about you, but when I got my late diagnosis, I was already one of the lost girls. And boy, did I feel lost. And then you come into an autistic community and feel not quite disabled enough. It sucks. 
And are there people out there who are hurting because the world only sees them for their disability and then turning that hurt on other disabled people because they don't look disabled enough and spreading the hurt? Absolutely. I just shared one example with you, but that's not the only example. Honestly, I don't want to give any more examples. I have plenty, and I don't want to call out more autistic people because, I, like I said, I hate having to discuss this. But I want to say that we can do better, and we have to do better. Neurodiversity isn't for one neurotype. It's not for one look. And disability rights is not only for the physically disabled people or the people where their disability is in clear view. Disability rights is for all disabled people, whether it's intellectual, whether you can see it or not. And ableism goes both ways. If you have masked for 30 plus years like me, you know that. The world assumes you're okay. And then some, not all, of the autistic community don't really fully accept you either. You're not exactly met with welcome arms. I'm sorry, but it's true. That's really honestly why I made this podcast in the first place. I felt extremely alone. And we've already established I never really fit in anywhere. And I honestly didn't really feel like I fit in with the autistic community either. That's not necessarily the case now. But I've always felt not neurotypical enough. And apparently... I'm not really neurodivergent enough either, am I? And I'm calling that out. It's now on full blast. I want to share how hurtful it is to be putting yourself out there and to have an autistic person look down on you for your looks. Wow. I mean, it kind of blows your mind, right? And of course, I want to point out, none of us are perfect. There's always going to be negative people. But if this didn't happen weekly or if I didn't see this all over the place on Instagram and comments and on Facebook, I wouldn't be discussing this right now. And it's not just happening to me. And if I didn't see it everywhere, I probably wouldn't be discussing it. But I just want to say that maybe it comes from a place of hurt. But I hope that you can stop that cycle of hurt. A lot of us have been on that cycle, and it does zero good for anyone. And whether you are autistic or not, you are 100% responsible for who you are, for how you talk, for what you say, and for how you say those things. Maybe be a little extra mindful of what you say to your neurodiversity brothers and sisters. Because we're in the early stages of this movement, and if we aren't united, we can't expect to go much further, can we? As I mentioned above, me and my kids are all so different. And honestly, honestly, I am not perfect. And of course, I make judgments I shouldn't and think things I shouldn't. But I've really taken the time to start letting people tell me about their struggles before I decide what their struggles might be. And I let people tell me what their abilities and interests are before I decide what they are. And we are all so different. And no one looks autistic. There's no one look. There's no guaranteed ability. And there's no guaranteed disability either. And that's exactly what these movements are all about. 
neurodiversity is about embracing the individual. It is about celebrating the different brain differences that we all have. And ableism is just as damaging and hurtful. So be mindful because I want to point out today that ableism goes both ways. 